You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of our show for a special message from our team. And now your host. Awesome. And we're starting. This, and this is how every podcast starts. That's right. Live from Dell Technology. Uh, actually, we are kind of live. Uh, we are going to be recording. This is uh, the Big Data Beard Podcast. This is our second episode being recorded from Dell Technologies World. And uh, it's, it's day, what day of the conference is it? Two? Three? Two, okay, two, I couldn't remember. It's, it goes by so fast. We're having so much fun. Uh, with me, I've got uh, two good buddies. Uh, first, we've got John Lambert representing SAS, and so we're going to talk with John about SAS and SAS Vi and what they're doing today. John, thanks for joining us. You bet, Corey. Glad to, glad to be here. Excellent. And Matt McCall. Matt McCall is uh, lead for our big data pre-sales, or excuse me, consulting team, and is responsible for our Elastic Data Platform. Yes. Hello, Matt McCall is McCow. the pronunciation. Oh, it's all right. It's all good. We can edit that out, right? Uh, no. That's, we're going to leave that in there to prove I'm a moron. <laughs> and I said to my friend that I can't pronounce your last name. It's incredible. It's all good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, very good. So, gentlemen, I want to get started with just a, a quick understanding because, you know, there's a lot of, well, acronyms. Uh, there's a lot of technology. There's a, there's a lot of companies starting up. SAS is not one that seems new. It seems like one that we should all know. But in, in terms of the big data context, I don't think it's the first company everybody thinks about, John. So, John, tell me a little bit about SAS and kind of your focus in the big data. You bet, Corey. So, you know, when you look at SAS, a legacy of about 42 years in the marketplace, but I think more importantly, over the past three years, we saw an inflection point. We saw an opportunity really to start looking at the open source community and develop a platform that really works alongside and embraces the open source community. Uh, we were really one of the leaders in uh, in-memory technology and in database technology, and th this third generation of our platform, uh, Via, really gives us a cloud-ready environment that now most of our sales and pre-sales organizations are pretty excited about because when you talk about where SaaS sits relative to the marketplace, uh, open source is the dominant conversation that we're seeing out there today. Yeah. And I think VIA gives us an opportunity really to level the playing field. Yeah. And it gives us really a, a breakthroughs in, in new technology in terms of some of our new algos, uh, what we're doing around machine learning, artificial intelligence, and some really exciting use cases that we're really starting to see some traction with in the marketplace. Uh, and I think that's generating a, a new level of excitement throughout the organization. Excellent. So SAS is is not one of those, uh, if you said 43 years of business, no, it's not like a point player. SAS is truly a platform, right? It's more than just a visualization tool or an analytics exactly. tool. It's, it's broader, right? Yeah, really. Think about it uh, from the, the perspective of the analytics lifecycle. So uh, across the platform over the course of those 42 plus years, uh, we've developed expertise, obviously, in the analytics space, but really data management was key to uh, doing great analytics. And then visualization is also a critical component of that platform. So when you look across the enterprise platform, most customers are looking for an end-to-end -end solution. And uh, SaaS has really stitched that together in the marketplace over the past 40, 42 years or so. Excellent. Okay. So it's it's a kind of complete analytics lifecycle platform player. Got it. And I will say the, the platform word, like that's almost as overused as cloud at this point. It's incredible. Uh, PaaS, I think, is everybody's new favorite uh, acronym, which is now we're having big data passes. I think you guys are obviously one of those. So I'm curious, you said SASFI is third generation and it's more 
you know, obviously plays nicely with the open source vendors and it's cloud ready. Explain what that means in a little bit more detail for me. Well, what we've done is the, from an architecture standpoint, we've really opened up the platform to uh, RESTful APIs, integration with uh, Python, Lua, Java. So it, when you look at SaaS now, you can literally look at it as a development platform, where previously we were, we were pretty much um, locked down from the development community's perspective. So now you have the ability to, to really interface and integrate into that platform and develop new platforms and new uh, analytics on top of the SaaS platform. Okay. So in so when you say platform, like this is not just, we're not, we're not talking about like it's just big data. It's, it's like in 43 years ago or 42 years ago, it was small data. So like clearly a hook into like database, like data warehousing technology. Yes. Is that Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And over the years, we started with, the, you know, the ETL capabilities, the integration with your Teradata, your Oracles. And then as the Hadoop distributions came across the pipeline, uh, we built access engines into those, uh, those data sources. And then we started developing technology to embed in those data sources as well. So you minimize the latency and the movement of data across the network. Okay. So you were doing your your analytics in the database, uh, driving quicker results and, and more solid outcomes uh, okay. for, for your customer. So one of the things that you said there was, so you know, there's a lot of people in the ecosystem that you have to play with. So I'm, I'm curious to hear one of the things that you guys have I've heard talk about lately is, is this concept of like, there's new deployment methodologies, there's new ways to manage and orchestrate this. So what, what, why is it that you guys, I read that you got some partnership with Blue Data and we're going to talk about it in a little more detail. Why is, why is a relationship like that interesting to SaaS? Well, I think what we're finding is those are market-driven initiatives. So our customers are coming to us telling us, hey, we want to consume SaaS in different, different approaches and different models. And as part of the, that platform kind of um, pivot, if you will, around VIA, uh, we recognize the need really to be able to, to, to develop those cloud-enabled solutions. Uh, we're running software-as-a-service platforms. We're running uh, remote-managed enterprise services. Uh, we're running a managed analytics service provider model on top of the platform where our partners can bring in their IP technology, wrap it around SaaS, and then roll that out to the marketplace. And then we look at a, sh a shared revenue model, basically, in terms of uh, how, we, how we generate revenue for from a uh, from a customer standpoint. Excellent. Okay. So so Matt, tell me tell me a little bit about your your role in one within Dell EMC because I'm curious to hear what you do broadly, but then I want to dig into a little bit about like your relationship with SaaS and the Blue Data guys. Yeah, so uh, I head up our big data consulting practice. Uh, we're responsible for big data, analytics, IoT, and all of the good buzzwords that follow along with Wait, that. Wait, let me guess, machine learning? Oh, oh, oh <laughs> there you that, go. Yep, yep. What's the next one? Got, uh, AI. Uh, uh, oh, I got it. One more, one more. Uh, oh, don't put me on the spot. What is it? Mm. Cloud? No, that wouldn't be. Uh, actually, no. We are we're seeing a trend in cloud, okay. which which is interesting. Right. Um, we uh, we were looking for deep learning oh, there, or deep, deep learning. learning. Or we could throw in neural networks. Sort of falls in. Yeah. So, what uh, a loser. So from a, from a consulting perspective, uh, we are out there talking to customers of all shapes and sizes of different levels of maturity, and from a consulting perspective, we consult. We listen to hear where customers are struggling, and our goal is to provide solutions to them, solutions that involve partnerships in the marketplace to help get them to that next stage. Everyone talks about data monetization or, or getting value out of data, yep. and everyone is struggling with how to do that. And so someone, what we're seeing now with the trend with the buzzwords, with the machine learning, deep learning, is let's just throw some deep learning at it. What does that even mean? How, how do you do that? What is your plan to get there? Do you have the underlying technology? And mm -hmm. how does this interact with everything else in the ecosystem? So by and large, within the enterprise, 
most of the customers I talk to, these large enterprise accounts, they're running SaaS somewhere, yeah. right? But they treat it as a silo of information generally as we've got a bunch of folks that we trained over years. They came out of the college with SaaS skills. We got our SaaS team yeah. and they're doing descriptive analytics, uh, maybe building some predictive models with that. And then we've got our Hadoop team, totally different set of people, different sets of data. And we're looking at them like, well, how does that work? You got SaaS data over here. You got big data here. You still got your warehouse there. You got silos of these organizations. How does that make sense for the organization? How do you scale that? We actually call that an anti-pattern. The, the silos of information is, is not a good way to approach this. If you're a C-level, you want these teams thinking about working together, bringing together, sharing skills, optimizing processes, and ultimately applying the right technology for those workloads. Right. And so that's what we do from a consulting perspective. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at the ecosystem, I mean, there's a lot of people that we could choose to be partners with. And I think you, you made a, a really kind of a prescient thing. Like, everybody has SaaS. Like, they're everywhere. You've right. been around for 42 years. <laughs> yep. But it, you're right. It's not the thing that everybody thinks about. Like, oh, my big data thing has to be SaaS powered. Right. So w why is it that, that you've partnered with SaaS? And then, like, what is it that are the, the interesting things that you're helping SaaS customers do? So the, the buying cycle for most of these organizations is not to rip and replace. Yep. It's sometimes to sort of push to the side and let it die, but the executives don't like to do that. They want to leverage the existing assets, but most important, the people, mm -hmm. right? Where SaaS has an advantage in the marketplace is there are hundreds of thousands of people that know how to use the platform and they know how to be productive for their companies using that. And so the idea is that we want to help these customers leverage the investments in those people in that technology. And SaaS is just low-hanging fruit. Just like Teradata and Natiza Greenplum were low-hanging fruit a few years ago, SaaS is that next analytical workload. As, as organizations have got their foundation for big data technology, they've sort of got everything into a Hadoop distro, now it's about doing the analytics on top of that. And so they naturally turn to where are the skills to do analytics. They usually sit on the SaaS team. So how do we bring those two things together? So that's what we're so excited about VIA, is it brings those more modern techniques and tools plus the skills. So I, I saw a survey recently. There is currently a shortage of a million data scientists out there right now, right? Organizations are looking to hire data scientists and there are a million recs that cannot be filled. What if we could take people that have analytical capabilities, maybe they don't have the title data science, yep. but leveraging the techniques and tools and the understanding to do some of that work as they become scientists or whatever that next step like is. Citizen data scientists. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that seem like a better use of your investments? So that's why we're having those conversations. So, so SaaS for us is just an absolute natural fit. And then with VIA as a more modern platform to do that on, we can now start bringing that data together into the lake, which is this logical landing place where data comes together, Give people easy access to that with the tools they want to use so they can quickly get to those insights. So Dell EMC is typically like when people think of Dell EMC, they think first hardware, right? They saw yep. hardware. I don't think the first thing they think is consulting. Maybe, and I don't even think it's the third thing maybe. But one of the things that I think is interesting is like, you, you guys obviously consult on the tools and the ecosystem. But one of the things I've heard you talk about lately is, is like the actual just like deployment methodology. Like how do we get enterprise IT practices applied into the deployment of big data kind of environments. So what, do you, what are you hearing from customers in that space where they're saying, hey, we need to, you know, we need to deploy these tools and we want to use things like SASFI and we want to do that, but, but guess what? We want to look at things like modern deployment, like either virtualization or containerization. Like what's that conversation like for you as a consultant? Yeah, so the, within the enterprise space, and I keep saying the word enterprise, I really just mean organizations that are more mature on the journey. They've sort of got big data foundations in place. They've gone through the struggles of getting data into the platform, rationalizing it, putting governance, and 
mostly the low-hanging fruit has been plucked, right? The algorithms, the predictive models that were built before are a little smarter. They're yep. running in production. And now organizations are going, well, well, now what? What do we do now? We say, well, we're going to go hire some data scientists. Yep. Okay, we got data scientists. How do we make them productive? That is the next question that every large organization is struggling with is, we just paid a lot of money for this person that was, frankly, really hard to find. Mm -hmm. We convinced them that they're going to solve really cool problems working for our company. Yep. How do we get them productive as quickly as possible so that we can get to that next insight, that next right. predictive model. Okay. And so what we hear organizations coming at this problem with is we want to do machine learning and deep learning and AI. Yeah. Okay, so you got a data scientist. How do they actually start to do that? Well, we got to go get some we got to get some gear. Most likely because of privacy issues and, and those sorts of things. A lot of the workload is still within the customer's private data centers. There's right. there's stuff moving to the cloud and we we can talk a little bit about that, but the idea is Data still has gravity from a compute perspective, and most of that personal and the critical data is in again within the enterprises, within the data centers. Okay, we've got to get gear. Mm -hmm. We now need to get permissions to have access to that gear, right? And access to that data. And now we got to get the data provisioned in there. Users have to bring their tools, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't give you direct access to that data because you want to use a TensorFlow algorithm that hasn't been certified. And this is the struggle between the business trying to be productive and IT saying, I can't have you break this lake that I built. Yeah. I have this analytical platform that I've invested the last five years. I can't have some data scientist just hammering on this thing. So this is where we see the idea of virtualization or containerization technology come around and say, okay, let's separate the, the, the compute from that data lake so that we offer up sandbox environments for these data scientists to to do data science, right? I think of someone in a white coat, a coat mixing chemicals in a lab. That's that's how I think of a data scientist. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's destructive, okay. right? Sometimes they mix mix oil and in, in, I guess vinegar and baking soda, right? That oh, would be yeah. sort of a city. But <laughs> the idea is stuff blows up, yeah, right. And and so if we give them containerized environments where they can bring their own tools to quickly and rapidly iterate while protecting the integrity of the data, then we can get them to that level of productivity. So that's where we're seeing virtualization and containerization technology come into play. And SaaS Via offers a platform and a set of tools to enable that productivity. Interesting. So one of the things that's one of the things I, I I take away from this is this this concept is like so you're saying that the production work that a data scientist might do really shouldn't smell like what we typically think of in enterprise IT as production. Right? If we've built a data lake, we've got these data streams coming in and we're, you know, we're providing access to it, you might not want that dude hanging out in there like breaking stuff. So is it almost like test dev is really their production? Is that so let me ask you a question. Okay. So I'm doing... Wait, I'm on the show now? You are. <laughs> so you're doing iterative data science work. Right. Right. You've got an isolated environment to do that. Okay. The data that you need access to, however, is probably the production data. Right. Is that a production environment? Ooh. I guess maybe it is. Maybe. That's right. It's production for me, but should the enterprise IT treat it as production? Right. So this, this is the challenge, is... What sort of SLAs do we put around that? What sort of safeguards do we put around that so that we can have that productivity? So we need to think about it in terms of our operational system and enabling exploratory analytics on that operational system. And when we think about things like that, that's when it changes the mentality about supporting these type of users and workloads. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept because it's solving a problem that people need to solve. So how do we get there? So there, there, you can't just, I mean, does SaaS do all this on its own? Does it make sense for Dell EMC to partner with other organizations to help yeah. kind of build that containerization engine? 
So, so great point. So okay. we do not recommend organizations roll their own type of capability here. We've seen a number of organizations try. And the reason many organizations have not been successful trying to do this themselves is the, the open source tools to build this capability are not mature enough yet. Okay. Now, they may get there, right? Kubernetes, Mesos, these tools may get there yet. But at this point, they're not. And okay. so what we have found is this pattern emerge of organizations looking to spin up sandboxes across any set of infrastructure so that users can bring the tools that they want, whether it's SaaS via or something else. Okay. And so we've partnered with companies in the marketplace like SaaS to do that. And so the Docker orchestration engine mm -hmm. comes from a company called Blue Data. Okay. They abstract away from the infrastructure to spin up containers for these various types of workloads, like okay. Via containers and Hortonworks and Cloudera and Kafka and all of these different workloads, they manage that. Okay. And you're thinking to yourselves, well, Kubernetes sort of does that, and 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 they do, mm -hmm. but with this, you've got enterprise software with a phone number you can call, and they are innovating where you don't have to. And so as a, an enterprise organization like Dell EMC, customers like to do that. They like to buy from, from organizations. And when I talk to executives, when I meet with uh, CIOs and I see them on panels at conferences, they, they're saying two consistent things to us in the marketplace right now. The first is they don't want to build their own technology anymore. They, they have very small budget-constrained IT teams. They want to innovate on top of technology. So they want to buy technology where it makes sense. And the second is they're looking to buy technology from vendors that partner with one another. And that's why this partnership model with SaaS and Blue Data and Hortonworks and Cloudera and Blue Talent and these other companies in the marketplace is so important. We're working with market leaders to provide this capability to our customers in a way that extends and augments their existing investments. So this isn't, but what you're talking about, so Blue Data is a, a clearly a powerful orchestration tool. We've, we've actually had some of their team on, um, and we're, we dig the software. Mm -hmm. But what your team does isn't just, like, you don't just install... That's right. The, the, ...their Epic software and walk away. That's like, right. What you guys, how do you, so how do you help solve those problems that you talked about on the front end of this, which yep. is, I've got these, I've got this, this myriad of tools, I've got these silos of infrastructure, and the tools may include SaaS, may include others, like how, do, how does somebody step into this with yep. your team? Good question. So our, our goal is to be nimble up front. Okay. And so you've got an existing platform and existing investments and skills, and you want to get to the sort of next generation. So how do you get from here to there? And so we help, we consult, we're consultants. We help you define what that strategic solution architecture looks like so you can get point A to point B. And it's not a heavy lift. It's usually a couple of weeks of sitting down with you, the smart people from the customer, making sure that we understand what you have and we give you a very clear path forward. Yep. Once you've selected the tools, Blue Data, SaaS, whatever those tools are, if there's new ones to bring into the picture, then not only do we do the installation, but then we do the integration into the rest of your enterprise okay. and ensure that your users have a seamless experience. And so we're seeing, as an example, ServiceNow. Most people don't talk about ServiceNow when they talk big data. But if you ask organizations about how they generally do IT self-service, mm -hmm. it's ServiceNow. Yeah. So what we help organizations with is say, let's add some modules to ServiceNow so users can have that same fulfillment experience oh. tied into existing investments, orchestrating that end-to-end -end so users can literally self-serve, click, click, click. And so that's what our organization does. We do the upfront strategy and architecture, mm -hmm. and then that enterprise integration so organizations can focus on the innovation beyond that. Okay, so you talked a lot throughout this conversation around like where enterprises are in their maturity level. So is it is it that you guys only, like the the... Dell EMC consulting team. Do they only really go into those accounts that are really mature and kind of they're, they're down the path and they're you know five years into their big data deployment, or is it like is there something where maybe you could help somebody that says like hey we're just we're getting started help us avoid the pitfalls yep. 
that other people have already run into. Is there is there one where you feel better or worse or it, well, go it, after? It, exactly. We help customers at all stages in their journey, but they generally fall into sort of two camps, the, the very early stages or the, or the later stages. We've been talking about the later stages, looking to get that next level. But for organizations that are still just getting started, we've got a methodology to help them make data-driven decisions. Okay. You ask anyone in an organization what they should do with analytics, you're going to get a lot of really good ideas. Yeah. But the question is, how do you take all of those ideas, synthesize them to make data-driven decisions about what product you build next, how you go into the marketplace. And so we have a really simple, very quick three-step process. We look at what do the analytics say? Let's take a look at your data. Is, yeah. is there a there there? Yep. The second thing we look at is, do you have the technology platform to deliver the outcomes that you're hoping for? Yep. And then the third is, do the numbers line up? If there's a financial model that, hey, it's going to cost this much, but the profits, this or the, the revenues this much, is, is there profit? Because nothing comes for free. There's almost always an investment asked to get started with these. And so we take all three of those criteria and we run that through with each use case in parallel. We do this rapidly over a six-week period. Okay. So we do this three or four of these at a time. And as we get to exit, we've got the ideas that pass mustard around do the analytics exist? Do we have the technology platform? Is there a financial model? And then we can line those up to then go implement them. And that's that's just upfront consulting work. Can you give them a Hadoop? Or we no? can give them a Hadoop. And that may be part of the conversation. They may I have. I think you have some on your shoe. And they But yeah, so, but what, and again, what sort of technology investments do you already have? Do you have an existing da data warehouse? Probably, right? So how do we extend that? Is there an, uh, an opportunity to draw that down yeah. to pay for this next generation platform? And again, we have those, the architectures and the experience to help customers along the way. Well, Hadoop's a great example, too, because it was the shiny object in the room five, six years right. ago. And many of our customers, from a SaaS perspective, went out, made investments in the distros, whether it was Hortonworks, Cloudera, uh, MapR. And what we found is um, many of those distros are sitting on the sidelines, unused. Yeah, uh, which and, is surprising, because it was so cool. Everybody it, wanted, you had to have one. It, it really was. And, and we've taken specific steps around uh, driving Hadoop adoption, yeah. where we'll go in and put together a knowledge transfer. We'll do some consulting as well to really help our customers understand what the use cases are. Because I think that was part of the challenge. I don't think they understood the specific use cases that they were trying to solve for when they dropped everything into the distro. Yes. So SaaS being the size and the, the, the maturity, it has to be, there has to be a great education capability for, for the users and listeners of the show that they want to learn more about SaaS technologies as it relates into the big data space. Is, is that something you guys offer as a service? We do. We've, we've got a, a pretty comprehensive global learning and education organization that will, will deliver that kind of knowledge transfer for our customers. Uh, we've got a fairly sophisticated presence online as well. And then it's our visibility at events like Dell Technologies World. Uh, we sponsor a number of executive and user forums ourselves. Yep. Uh, we collaborate with the Dell EMC team. Intel is another key strategic partner for us. And we leverage their presence in the marketplace globally mm -hmm. to take our message out to our customers. Excellent. So if I heard everything correctly, and I probably didn't, but if I were to sum it up, I'd say that so SaaS, clearly mature set of tools, third generation of the platform, SaaS via is out, out now or coming out Out soon? now. Out, out now. now. In production. In production. Super cool. If you want to deploy it the right way in the context of a larger enterprise, following enterprise IT best practices, setting the groundwork for not only using SaaS, but other big data tools, Dell EMC Consulting and the Elastic Data Platform, packaging blue data, pretty interesting story. So are there any customers out there that are doing this today, like that, that, have, that have gone through this process with you and that have been successful and that, that talk about it publicly? 
Yeah, so uh, we had a we had a customer speak uh, on our behalf at Strata uh, in New York City last year. Barclays uh, out of the UK spoke about their deployment of the Elastic Data Platform. They had a very uh, traditional uh, sort of advance. They'd gotten their lake. They had wound down the data warehouse as much as they possibly could, and they were looking to massively ramp up the data science and analytical community. They had. Uh, almost 2,000 unique analytical users within the bank, including wow. the, the SaaS team, which was most of it. And they're looking to add to data scientists. And they were really struggling with how do we provide that self-service access to all of the data that we've spent so long curating and governing and getting into this lake. Mm -hmm. How do we make it useful? Okay. So Barclays got up and they talked about their journey. And it was a long journey from starting Hadoop back in 2012, 2013, all the way to now offering this self-service. And uh, I think it's probably... It's not a unique story, but it's one of probably the first in market leading to do this at enterprise scale. Very cool. Well, so it's so it's not only a great platform, great tools, services, capabilities to help customers achieve the great outcomes. And guess what? Real customers have actually already done it. That's so right. It's already proven. That's very cool. So, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to want to shift gears a little bit. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment, we like to call Rapid Fire. Brought to you by the team at Databricks, who is pleased to host the Spark and AI Summit on June 4th through 6th in San Francisco. The Big Data Beard team will join more than 4,000 attendees for three days of in-depth learning. We'd like you to join us, so we're offering a 15% discount available in our show notes. Say and answer this thing. We don't sit back too far in these chairs. Uh, say the first thing that comes to mind. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> when I asked the, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I took you literally. No, hardcore. I give very clear direction, don't I? Dude, was, did I win? You, you, you get a sticker. Good answer, Grandma. <laughs> Actually, that's one complaint about SAS. I haven't seen you guys produce nearly enough stickers. Yeah. We need to, we need to change that. All right, so, uh, so here we go. We'll do it this. We'll do it. Matt and then John. We'll kind of go. We'll let you lead. We'll give you a second every time. Okay. What year do you think Skynet will go online? 2032. 2032. I'm saying 2021. Okay, you're both wrong. It's already online. Uh, what is the last book, last really good book that you've read? Uh, we'll let John go first because you're struggling. Uh, you don't read anymore. Brad Thor. Brad Thor. Oh, you like Brad Thor's books? Oh, you're a Scott Harvath guy. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Noir by Christopher Moore. Okay. I know the, what's noir. What to, uh, it's it's uh, sort of a well. So noir is a genre that yeah. is sort of detective Film agency. Noir, yeah. But Christopher Moore is sort of a humor writer. Yeah. So he tried to write a noir book. It just couldn't do it uh, because he's just he's too funny. So it was meant to be this sort of dark, like detective thing set in uh, post uh, World War II San Francisco. Okay. But then he threw an alien in there, and it just <laughs> it was a little weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check that out. All right. So what genre of music are you currently rocking? Alternative rock. Okay. Uh, country Western. Perfect. Uh, which piece of technology is currently making your life worse? Artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning. <laughs> well, because but. nobody knows what it means and nobody knows what to do with it. That's awesome. How about you, John? Uh, my VCR. It's still flashing 12. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you said VCR is hilarious. <laughs> That's a thing. That's impressive. Uh, what is your current, uh, your personal biggest money pit? My child. That's that's a good one. That's a 
favorable answer? Uh, I would say my fleet of automobiles. Fleet. Okay, give me <laughs> give me the top top your favorite one. Uh, we're going the Carrera. Oh, very fun. You ever track it? Uh, haven't tracked it. No, All right. I'm, well, I'm we should too change dangerous. That. Yeah, exactly. we should do that. Uh, are you going anywhere really interesting soon? Hawaii. I don't know if that's interesting though. It's pretty great. Let's it's be honest. great, but I don't know if it's interesting. Okay. But yeah. How about you, John? Uh, we're going to Belfast. Oh, very cool. Big fan. Okay, what show are you currently binging on right now, or recently binged on? I'm rewatching all of Rick and Morty. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Pickle billion. Rick. Billions. Billions. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right. So if we wanted to find you guys out in the social sphere, what's the best way for us to engage with with you guys in the social? Twitter. Uh, the Twitter. Matt underscore Maco. Yes. Okay. Maco, not Macau, because I'm an idiot. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> run swim twenty four oh four. All right. We'll find you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on. I hope you enjoyed the time. Thanks for joining us in the Luminaries booth at Dell Technologies World, and we look forward to seeing you out in the field. Thank you, our luminous leader, Corey. <laughs> Cheers, Thanks, boys. So Thanks, Corey. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I'm Brett Roberts, and I have an exciting announcement. The Big Data Beer team is now an official partner of the Disney Data Analytics Conference. We will be recording at the event, and we'll be giving away a free pass to this really impressive conference. Make sure you tune in to our next episode for discounts and to hear how you can enter for your chance at winning a free pass to the Disney Data Analytics Conference, taking place in Orlando, August 28th through 29th. The music for this episode is brought to you by Andrew Bell. Be sure to check him out on iTunes or Spotify. And as always, thank you for listening.